Hello and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast, where we tell the stories of local business owners and Maine residents and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a local magazine that helps showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the links in the show notes. This episode is sponsored by Fabian Oil, a family-owned and operated business that offers heating oil and propane delivery services and repairs. Fabian has been serving Central and Northern Maine with propane and oil for over 30 years. As a local Maine business, they cherish the relationships they have formed by serving the people of their communities. In 2019, Fabian entered the Southern Maine region with a heating oil acquisition, and they have recently brought propane to the market. They are aggressive and would love to be your supplier. Give them a call at 207-793-2044 or visit fabianoil.com. In this episode, we'll be talking with Danielle Williams from Williams Brothers Paving. Danielle Goulet-Williams is a lifelong resident of Maine, a graduate of the University of Southern Maine, an interior designer, and something that a lot of people don't expect, the owner and operator of a paving and construction company. Williams Brothers Paving was founded by her late husband Richard and was continued by Danielle after his passing as a way of keeping his memory alive. With Danielle at the helm, they serve residential and commercial customers throughout New England. She also gives back by serving as the secretary of the Michael Goulet Foundation for Traumatic Brain Injury and Epilepsy, which donates multi-sport helmets to youth in Maine. Welcome to the show, Danielle. We are so glad that you're here today. Thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Danielle, can you tell us a little history of Williams Brothers Paving and how you came to run the company? So my husband, Richard Williams, started his own business, Williams Brothers Paving, in the Mm -hmm. year 2000. Um, We had been dating for a few years out of high school. Mm -hmm. And so I was with him during the inception of his new business and, you know, watched him develop client base and work processes and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So right from the beginning, you were you were there as he was starting the company and and seeing kind of how that all worked and just kind of what it what went into it. Yeah, I was in college at the time. I was getting my degree in business management, so mm-hmm. I wasn't too involved in what he was doing. But I definitely you know was witness to him building proposals and um, checking jobs and doing estimates and things of that nature. As time went on, I tried to impose a little more structure to his business <laughs> and, you know, the skill set that I had gained through my degree. So mm-hmm. helping him to put everything into electronic form, teaching him how to email, text. We went through a series of changes with his business in order to keep him current and help him to be able to manage being on site every day and also manage the customer service side of his business that can be so challenging for a sole proprietor. Mm. And so can you tell us how you came to run this company? So in the spring and summer of um, 2016, my husband started to experience some health issues. He was young, he was 37. So we went down the routine paths of determining what was going on. 
Unfortunately, he was diagnosed with late stage metastatic colon cancer in Mm -hmm. September of 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, At that time, we started treatment, but his diagnosis was futile. We, um, or he fought valiantly for eight months. Mm. Um, he passed away in June of 2017. I was with him very often while we were in the hospital and he was working right mm. up until the last couple days that he wasn't conscious enough to do so and mm. just was so inspired by, you know, his spirit and his courageousness and just he never stopped thinking about his family and his business. Mm-hmm. Sounds like just such an amazing person. <laughs> it was difficult to lose control of your life mm-hmm. and to all everything that you had planned to just all of a sudden be ripped out of out of your hands and to no longer have a plan. Um, I was an interior designer and was working independently and had my own small interior design office. But Richard had a full season of work at the time of his passing and a great crew. And we kind of powwowed and decided that we were going to try to continue what he had built here Mm -hmm. without him. Mm -hmm. And I think for so many of us, it was a huge part of our healing, being Mm -hmm. able to say, like, we couldn't control cancer, we couldn't control Richard's fate, but we can keep him in this way if we work really hard and challenge ourselves. And it's been, for me, a a huge part of my grief, Mm -hmm. um, grieving process and healing. Mm Mm-hmm. I go to work every day with him, talk to him. In the beginning, I would cuss at him (laughs) and tell him that I can't believe that I'm a paving contractor and this is not what I wanted to do in my life. I'm an interior designer. Um, Mm. But now I am the proudest paving contractor that you'll probably ever meet. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love love that. Ironically. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... It's so uh, interesting probably isn't the word, but it is how different people process and and work through grief and how there isn't just one way. Mm -hmm. And that for some people it's a, it's a getting away from things. And for other people it can be, no, I need to do something and Mm -hmm. I need to, I need to do Mm -hmm. and, and those different things that you can do. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's really a, a cool thing what you've managed to do, uh, you know, and turning your this company into a legacy. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah. that's a great thing that you've done there. Yeah, I absolutely. That. It's just a testament of, uh, just your strength too, just to step into that role and, and to persevere and keep, t- keep moving forward. And so it's, it, yeah, it's, I need tissues. Dude, well, how come there's, we didn't get tissues? There's tissues over there? right over there. I'm sorry. So no, this is it's 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 just it's a it, it's also a beautiful love story. I think that when you watch somebody fight so hard to live and to be here and to just be witness to their children 
getting older and you know anything that comes with it that when you watch somebody that you love so deeply not be able to do that everything else just becomes like not as important so for Mm. me like I feel very very sorry for our family and what we've had to incur but I feel so sorry for Richard for what he for how much work he put into this business and how much work he put into his family with me and that mm-hmm. he's no longer here to be able to walk beside us and so I just I want to make him proud like mm-hmm. I want to walk up to him when I get to the place where we're going and just be like mm-hmm. damn we did it you know cuz to me, we're still in this together. Like we're mm-hmm. a team forever in our business and our family. Like we're eternally bonded. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Yeah. Today happens to be our anniversary. So it's, it's a powerful and bittersweet day for me as well. H- happy yeah, anniversary. Thank you. So one of the things that, um, and, and granted I'm remedially handy. I will say that in terms of like around the house. So to me, like the idea of like construction and paving is, is so far beyond my skill set <laughs> that it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it, I, I have no frame of reference, but I'm assuming that this industry is mostly male led and, uh, that has probably been kind of an interesting journey for you. So I'm kind of curious, what are some of the challenges that you've had and what are some of the wins that you've experienced over the past few years? Yes, it was so challenging. It was like reading a foreign language. Like Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I wished I had paid more attention. I scolded myself over and over again for not listening to Richard's explanations while we were driving around or listening to him on phone calls with clients. I went back to school, essentially. You know, I schooled myself. I went through his notes. I studied his old bids, um, his emails, communications with some of his biggest clients. And then I thankfully met a lot of incredibly wonderful men who took me under their wing and mentored me. And, you know, I was never afraid to ask a question. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. act like I knew everything. If I didn't know anything, I paused and said, can you please explain? So that I built my rapport and respect through my education and and learning my new field. Mm. And nine times out of 10, when I show up to a job site or to a construction meeting or to do an estimate, I'll get the question like, why are you here? Um, who is the owner? And I'm not ashamed to share my story. I'm very empowered by what me and my team have been able to put together in mm-hmm. um, the four years that we've been flying solo without a Richard. And so, yeah, so I tell them and and most often the response is, wow, that's really incredible and empowering and good mm, for you. Yes, I've never had anybody, you know, turn me away or treat me negatively. I definitely have, have to prove myself with my mm-hmm. language and my knowledge mm-hmm. of, you know, specifications. So I just, I use it to make sure that they know that I'm here and I know what I'm talking about, even though mm. I'm a woman. Mm. 
I think that's such a such a great skill to have to be able to stop and say, wait, explain that. Yes. Or I don't I don't understand because yes. I know that for me, it's taken a long time in my life to get to a point where I'm comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so great that 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 you have that mm-hmm. and that you've used that to, to really, uh, you know, help with your own education in this business. For sure. It definitely has like, I'm, I'm finally in a place where I feel very confident in what I know and in the process of how to get where we need to get. I'm now doing a lot of general contracting on larger projects. So not just taking on the paving component of it, but also managing subcontractors kind of I, I like to challenge myself so I like mm. taking the projects that I'm going to learn something or that I'm going to have to put in a little bit more legwork in order to get to where I need to get it's just I think it's just kind of part of my human nature mm-hmm. mm. I just have to say you're like one of my heroes <laughs> Just like uh, she, you truly are. You just—it's amazing, and I think anyone listening to this can learn something from it. You know, um, just like you said, Todd. It's—it's huge. It's humility to be able to ask questions, and takes humility to be able to say, "I—I don't—I don't know that." Can you know? And I just—I appreciate that in people. I appreciate that in the in leaders, and I appreciate that in you as a leader, because you truly are a leader. Um, So it's just—it's just awesome. Yeah. Um, and one of the, one of the gifts I think that you get as you, either as you get older or as you learn more, as you, you start like, like Danielle just said, you know what you, you know what you don't know mm-hmm. and you're, you're aware of that so that it's not as much of a, you know, here, let me prove myself and how smart I am. It's, you know, okay, well, I don't, I don't know yeah. all those things. And so let me learn them. Yeah. I lean into the experts, you know, like I, I lean into the guys in my field that, that are at the top of their game and they are so willing and energetic to teach somebody something that they know. And I think not because I'm a woman, but because they, they see effort, you know, and Mm -hmm. somebody who I'm not asking for anyone to do it for me. I'm Mm -hmm. asking you to help me learn how to do it for myself. So I think Mm -hmm. that I've I've gained some respect in that way. And I I have gained a lot of incredibly wonderful friends. Mm. That's awesome. I think a lot of people, they just enjoy sharing about what they do and, and they've had an experience somewhat like what you've had of someone sharing information with them and, and helping them out. And then with the understanding that at some point down the road, that's going to be you, you're going to mm-hmm. have that opportunity yeah. and it's, then yeah, it's your turn to, so to pay cool. that back, you know? Yeah. I love that. Can you tell us, um, what are some of the services that you provide and how, how has that changed over the last few years? Have you implemented new services? Um, can you tell us a little bit about your company and, and what those are? Sure. So Richard was operating as a paving contractor. Um, So the services that we continued to provide through that division are um, asphalt paving, patching, seal coating, crack sealing, any sort of pavement maintenance or preservation. Mm -hmm. Year two into my operating the company, we um, recognized a need for a slip form concrete curbing contractor within our mm-hmm. state. Um, mm-hmm. There was only one at the time, and 
concrete curbing is was fairly new to our region, but something that was gaining a lot of popularity with engineers. So we took a leap of faith and purchased a slip form concrete curbing machine and entered into a totally different arena. Um, we had a pretty big learning curve with that, but at the current time, we are operating as two separate divisions. So we have an asphalt paving crew, and then we have a slip form concrete curbing crew. Mm-hmm. And the slip form crew mostly works for municipalities, developers, builders, DOT. That's kind of more on the commercial side. It's not something that would ever be done residentially, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also got our main DOT um, DBE accreditation this year. DBE stands for Disadvantaged Business Enterprise. Mm-hmm. So as women in the construction industry, it entitles us to certain advantages in bidding processes. The state mm-hmm. sets bars for the percentage of disadvantaged businesses that are awarded bids within the state of Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that... That has been advantageous and a new a new feature to our business this year that we're finding to be helpful in obtaining some of the larger bids that we're putting into play. That's phenomenal. I love, I just love that because I remember talking to you about this a while back ago, and I just oh, it always stru- it always stuck with me about how you just saw this need, and it's just it just sums up just that entrepreneurial spirit that that you have as well. It's just you saw this need and then you made it come to fruition and it's just it's so cool that you are able to expand your business to to bring this new product that you know that that wasn't there before yeah a little bit of crazy (laughs) 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 you gotta be a little bit of crazy and and like I said I also I I reached out to others and we didn't have anyone in our region to reach out to so you know I have contractors that are in South Carolina that I've became good friends with and that I ship a box of lobsters down for, (laughs) you know, a new supplier for an auger. So, you know, you build these relationships in these industries that, that are really the key to success Mm. is relationships. And I remember over and over people telling me when I started going, surround yourself with good people, surround yourself with good people. And it's always played in my head and, it honestly, it is the keystone. Like it's, it's the connections that I have and the relationships that I've built that have allowed me to get to where I am today. That's phenomenal. Mm. I love that. So I'm always interested to know how people's skills play into this, whether directly or indirectly to do with what they are actually doing right now. So as someone with an interior design background, how do you think that's helped you in, in this role that you have now? Well, interestingly enough, interior designers don't have a very strong place in the supply chain of builds. Um, mm-hmm. Like builders and contractors, they're, they're not, you kind of have to go in and prove yourself as an interior designer too. So I was used to being the underdog, mm-hmm. used to kind of people saying, oh, interior design, like that's not a real trade or not a real subcontractor. So that... In that way, I feel like the stigma that I feel like is maybe still attached to me, I was I was familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, reading site plans, even though I was on the interior side of a build and now I'm on the exterior, I still 
had seen them. I knew how to scale. I know how Mm. to do takeoffs. That definitely helped me. Mm. Um, And then, you know, courses in communications and just being able to speak to clients, speak to subcontractors. I think all of my education in both business and interior design definitely helped me to build Mm. the confidence to be able to do that in this industry as well. Mm. Mm. It's always interesting to me because there's so many skills that we, that you can learn from different things that you can then kind of, you can grab them a little bit, you know, from here, from there. And you realize that they actually do apply in some indirect way. For sure. Yeah. So I just want to, I want to ask this because it's, it's just powerful. Um, just to be able to hear your story is, you know, what advice do you have for others um, that have gone through tragedy like yourself? I think that that's a tricky one because everybody processes grief so Mm -hmm. incredibly differently. Mm -hmm. Um, I am part of several organizations, the Center for Grieving Children, I am part of, still part of a caregiving group on Facebook. I think that, again, finding your people, finding Mm. that safe place where you feel like somebody actually understands what Mm -hmm. you've been through or, you know, is two years out of a loss. You look at somebody whose time has passed and you say, oh, she's still standing. Like, look at Mm. what she's doing. I'm going to get there. Like, Mm -hmm. At the very beginning, you're just a mess. Like you've, you know, your foundation has cracked and crumbled underneath you. And to be able to be part of something and see that you will have progress and, you know, you will have growth and wisdom, I think is really, really important. Mm. I also, um, you know, I'm lucky that I have the business to memorialize and to build Richard's legacy. But I think any way that you can do that, any way that you can keep them, um, mm. whether it be through an annual walk or maybe even like a memorial bench, any way that you can find to pour some energy and love into something to keep them present for yourself is, is really, really healing. Mm. Yeah. I, I always say that, you know, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have the business, like as tough and as challenging as it is. And some days I go home and say, I can't possibly handle this anymore. Like he gave me this beautiful gift to pour Mm. so much of my grief and sadness and loneliness into. So I'm so thankful to him for that. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. So another question that we, we always enjoy asking because the, the answer is always different and it's, it's always enlightening to us is uh, who or what inspires you? Richard inspired me in a huge way. Like I said earlier, when you're a witness to somebody literally fighting for their life and doing anything and everything possible to just be able to breathe another breath beside you. It's life-changing. Anyone who cannot be forever changed by experience like that, I definitely wake up every day with him on my mind. And then I would say my three boys, my 
my kids are definitely my inspiration. I, you know, have big, big shoes to fill on my own. I have an amazing, wonderful, supportive family, but my job is to raise three good human beings. So I'm inspired by them every day. That's awesome. Can you tell us, tell us a little more about um, your involvement in the Michael T. Goulet Foundation, some of the projects that you've helped with and how others can get involved in that. Can you tell us about that foundation that you're involved in? Of course. So the Michael T. Goulet Foundation is a nonprofit foundation that my family put together after the loss of my brother, Michael Goulet. Um, Michael was in a snowmobile accident and um, had a subsequent grand mal seizure that he did not survive from. Mm. Similar to how I speak about my business, the foundation became a huge, big grief project for me and my family. We wanted to save other families from experiencing some of the things that we had went through. Mm -hmm. We wanted to memorialize my brother and we wanted to really transform an incredibly sad story into something powerful that Mm. could potentially change the lives of another. So we, um, we raise funds and donate multi-sport bicycle helmets to kids throughout the state of Maine. Mm-hmm. I believe to date we're at around 7,500 helmets that we've wow, donated. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I mean, they we donate them to toddlers all the way up to adults. Mm-hmm. Um, And so we, COVID has put a little cramp in our, you know, fundraising and also in our giving, but typically we can be found at public safety events, town and community outreach programs. We have gone into the schools at bicycle events. So yeah, we've, we've built some really great connections. We partner with the University of New England Center for Outreach. So we have students that come and volunteer for many of our events. And it's just a really, really amazing initiative that communities and individuals are really receptive to. So if somebody wants to get involved and actually give to this foundation um, and be part of it, how would they do that? You can email um, or head to our website. It's michaelgouletfoundation.org. Fantastic. Great. Yeah, we'll be sure that there's a link to that yeah. in the show notes. Danielle, thank you so much for, for taking time out of your day yes. and, and talking with us. I I'm, think I'm I'm speaking for both of us when uh, we say this has been incredibly inspiring yeah. uh, and that it's been uh, just great to hear your story. And thank you so much for sharing that with us and with, with our listeners. I'll be sure to have a link to uh, Williams Brothers Paving in our in our show notes, as well as phone number, contact information, all that, and as well for the Michael Goulet Foundation. That'll also be in the show notes and to, so people can get involved with that. And and just once again, thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much. This has been this a has lot been, of fun uh, for so us inspiring. And, and great. Yeah, absolutely. So inspiring and just sharing with us today and just, yeah, we're just powerful. You you are truly, truly one of my heroes. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. I adore you both and I love everything that you guys are doing. I love supporting you guys and I've been so grateful to have so much of your support in my journey. So I'm very, very grateful to both of you as well. Thanks again. We it's wish you pleasure. all the best, and we know good, great things are, are, are headed your way, I'm sure. So thank you so much. Have a great week. 
Thank you again to our sponsor, Fabian Oil. Be sure to contact them for all your propane and heating oil needs using the information in the show notes. And thank you for listening. Thank you.